podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. to the USA Anfield Index podcast to kick off the 2019-2020 Premier League season. If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because your iTunes subscription service downloaded it automatically and just kept playing over what was coming from it before. But joining me now to discuss uh, a few topics that we find to be quite a choice from uh, the middle of New Jersey, Kev Hegarty. Justin. We got the band back together. We did. A little bit of a Fab Four action here. I know. And, I'm uh, very excited. Yeah. And, and, let's bring, and let's bring in the rest of the band. Our bassist, the, uh, the, the, the steady one, all the way from someplace underwater in uh, Southern California, Armando Angulo. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's good to be here with you guys. Um, ready to get ready for this new prem season. Uh, pardon my microphone. I know I don't sound the best today. And... Our lead singer, Joey Connors. What Thanks, is up, Joey. boys? What is up? I found, I'm watching my son in one camera so he doesn't get up and watching your beautiful faces in another, hoping to talk some fun footy tonight. And let, let, let's get into that fun footy. So uh, this is being recorded before, uh, Nor- before the Norwich game at Anfield tomorrow. Uh, the transfer window opened and shut Liverpool didn't do much um the the outs were Simon Mignolet uh Alberto Moreno Daniel Sturridge a bunch of youngsters and of course um out and of course Harry Wilson going to Bournemouth on loan a bunch of young players going out on loan nobody of real consequence going out shifted out besides Mignolet who was basically a straight swap for Adrian where he probably save some money on wages and have a backup keeper who does fit our style more uh, but we also brought in two youngsters, uh, Seth Vandenberg from uh, a, a team in, in uh, the Netherlands whose name I will not pronounce because I cannot do it. And uh, Harvey Elliott from Fulham, who I, I'm, I'm going to get carried away and say that he's, you know, the, the man bun messy. But uh, the big, I guess the big thing that people are clamoring about is the lack of cover now that we have for either our front three or either of our two fullbacks. And I guess the question to each of the three of you, and let me give you the same one, is do you think that, what do you make of this? And do you think that, just how risky do you think it is? Because we know that this team, if everybody stays healthy, which is the if that all of us hope happens, is probably good enough to replicate most of what it did last season. So, Joey, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Uh, um, well, I'll say this. I, I'm not going to listen, man. It, if you, if you want to win championships, if you want to win titles, we know what we're up against. Okay. We, our biggest rival, I'm not even going to call him a fucking rival. Our biggest competition is Manchester city. If you're not better than they are, 
they're going to beat you. It's as simple as that. On paper, our starting 11 is very good. We have zero depth. I don't care what people say on Twitter. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear the excuses. I'm sick of the excuses. That's all I hear is excuse. We're going to spend next year. Well, how do you know these these players that you're there targeting, which for everybody speculates, Jaden Sancho, Killian Mbappe, get the fuck out of here. Killian Mbappe is not coming here. Jaden Sancho may come here, but that's next year. Is that is that is that how we root for our sports teams? We just we, we fuck off one year because we won. We won number six, and we're supposed to be cool with that. Now, I'm not saying we're going to be a bad team, but everybody else, Spurs did really good business. City did good business. Uh, other teams, Arsenal did some good business. I mean, their defense isn't great, obviously, but still did some good business. They spent some money. I, I, I just, you can't tell me that we didn't have money to spend, and you can't tell me that we're looking for the perfect deal. I'm sick of hearing the same shit all the time. I don't want to come off as a whiny bitch because, yeah, we won a tournament, the biggest, I, I think it's the biggest trophy, but we can't beat Manchester City the way we are. We're one injury away from that front three from ma- struggling, I mean, a, a bad injury from in that front three from for struggling for top four. Our backups are an 18-year-old in Brewster who's has done nothing. Origi, who was not that good. Uh, yeah, he scores goals. That's cool. He scored a great goal in the Champions League final. Thanks, Big Div. But he's not very fucking good. And then Shaq, who got one start after Christmas last year. That's it. We brought in nobody else, except what you already said, Justin. That was two kids and a backup goalkeeper. It's not acceptable. You you can't conduct your business that way, and I don't. Again, anything that I hear otherwise, other than that, is an excuse to me, and that's just the way I feel. All right, uh, Armando, you know, because we've gotten a, a a rant in, and you being a man who hosts a show that's uh, called the Anfield Rant, uh, top that. I mean, I'm going to echo a lot of what Joey said. I mean, look, we should have catapulted from where we were. I mean, we've been building and we've been developing players and we've been doing the things we need to do. And we've been keeping our core and we've been re-signing the team and we've been doing all the things that you want to do. Absolutely. But what we didn't do is reinforce a potential championship team and assure ourselves to be in that battle. Like Joey said, man, if you're, if you're fucking, if Bobby goes down, uh, if Mo goes down, if Sadio goes down, we're in a fucking heap of trouble. Like, we rely on these guys, Mo, like 4,000 minutes a, a year. Like, come on, man. Like, he's a machine, and I get it, but eventually machines break down too. Bobby's been on decline. If you listen to the under pressure guys, uh, Bobby's been on decline as far as minutes for the last three years, and I expect that to continue. Uh, like, like Joe said, Div, great. Love him. Cold hero, icon, build him a statue, do whatever the fuck you got to do. But we can't always, like, I don't want to sound like, oh, shit, you know, we won the Champions League. I'm not going to celebrate that. or I'm not I'm fucking chuffed over the moon, whatever. But what we're all craving, what we all want is the Premier League title. That takes consistency. That takes, I mean, it's a fluke we didn't win last year, but... That fluke is, I guess it's not a fluke because Man City has repeated that year after year. They're in the 90s all the time. We got to get damn near 100 points. 
And that team isn't 100 points, what we have. Our midfield is better, yeah. Nabby, if he could stay healthy all year, that's going to be immense for us. Absolutely. But, like, is that what we're relying on? Is Nabby Keita and shutouts? Like, if that's what we're relying on, Nabby Keita, shutouts, and health for the front three, we're going to be fucked, man. We're going to be fucked. We got the Club World Cup. We got other matches coming up. We're going to be fucked if something happens. And I'm not okay with it, man. I feel like we should have improved. We have the money, or it seems like we have the money. We, we're we smart in the market, but to me, there's a difference between being smart and being, like, over-conservative, and we're being fucking over-conservative. You need bodies. Bruno was – I don't even think Bruno's that immense of a player, bro, Bruno Fernandez. But we could have used him just for depth to attack, to be the piece that doesn't fucking have this immense gap between the starters and the bench. Like, the gap between Bobby Moe uh, and, and, and Sadio – so Div and Brewster, get the fuck out of here, bro. Fuck out of here. That's championship level to like premier to like Champions League champions. It's not it's not acceptable. Brewster's not proving anything. A lot of these youngsters that we're seeing and that people were talking about, we haven't seen shit from. The youngsters we signed, Sep, Harvey Elliott, that's cool and shit. In three years, what are they doing for me now? What are they doing for me now when we're trying to fucking catapult off of a success and we should be building on that success? Ain't nobody else resting on their laurels. We got outspent by 14 championship teams in this window. 14 second division teams decided to spend more fucking money than we did. How are you going to compete with fucking oil money, with perennial champions, with the depth chart that they have? Bro, it's impossible under these circumstances. It's unlikely. Impossible. I've been proven wrong before when I opened my fucking mouth. But unlikely and we don't need to take that risk in the position that we are we should be fucking taking advantage of the position that we're in and instead we're just hoping that the status quo remains and that next year hopefully we'll spend some money that's fucking horseshit dude it's horseshit the it's horseshit the red sox don't ever go fucking an off season without signing the best like man city doesn't go an off season without signing the best teams that want to win don't go an off season without improving and we just fucking did that so, Kevin, you've heard uh, two takes that probably require you to put on a bit of sunscreen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys, I had to use that joke there. Uh, but, Kevin, I want to, I want to, you know, because of, of the three uh, of the three of you guys, you're usually a bit more uh, more measured. I'm, I'm not stating this to insult Mondo or Joe. I'm just stating a, a point of fact as far as the uh, dynamic of this particular podcast. So, uh, more measured of you. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if I said I wasn't disappointed, I'd be lying. So let's start off right there. Um, I think, uh, for the most part, both of them are right. I mean, we're, we were coming off one of our, if not our greatest ever season. I mean, we've had better trophy halls, of course, but as far as performances and how you finished in the league and, and coming home with big years, like that's could be our greatest season um, if you think of it that way. And, and, uh, we did that with a squad that was too small to begin with. We knew that, um, or not too small, but the second sort of the, the reserves are, aren't as talented as there's a big gap between the reserves and the, in the first team. And, the, and that's, that's a problem. Um, so these guys are right. Uh, I figured we'd go into the summer. I, my guess was because we've done sort of the big work in the past that we would get one or two sort of, players that are first team quality or at least could push the first team 
um, and, you know, fight their way in. And then you also get the kids, you know, you get the Harvey Elliott's and, and Vanderberg and whoever else. And we only did part two of that, which, <laughs> which was a bit disappointing. Um, that said, um, and again, I am disappointed in this, but that said, we've seen enough of how the owners work and how sort of Edwards and, and Fallows and, and those guys work that if we can't get the players for the valuation that we value on that, we don't get those players or we wait on those players until the club comes back and says, okay, we, we agree with your valuation. Um, it's happened a couple of times in the past. And I think, I mean, I don't know, I'm not, I have no connections to anything that anybody would tell me what's right or wrong or what's happening behind the scenes. But I would assume we couldn't get the players that we value at the price we evaluated uh, them to be. Um, because we know, I mean, we know we've been scouting a ton of players that you can find that out. We, we have been scouting Bruno Fernandez. Now, whether we went and talked to sporting about him, I don't know. Um, there was enough links to Nicholas Pepe to know that we were either in touch with him or his club or his agent, or we were thinking about him. Um, but I don't know if we actually did anything concrete about that. Nobody really does unless you work in the club. Um, so my guess is it's another one of these cases where we're waiting or we're still working on the players that we want and we may see them show up in January or next summer. And that's fine. Um, you know, that it's a smart way to do business, but as sort of Mando and Joey were saying, when you're close to the top of your game and we are pretty close to the top of our game, it's almost negligence to not stay there. Now this, our first 11 could win the Premier League. It can. We can match City sort of man for man in our first 11. Our midfield, if Keita, um, you know, stays healthy and if Ox comes back even, you know, 80% of what he was or what, what he looked to be, um, we're much stronger in midfield. Um, we have problems covering left back. Um, I'm pretty happy with sort of the center back situation uh, as long as nobody gets hurt. And we have an elite forward line. Um, but below that forward line, as the guys have said, is is not great. Brewster's an unknown quantity. He looks he looks like he's got it, but he's a kid. Uh, we don't know what he could do yet. He's not Owen or Fowler. At the, you know, at that age, we're not going to throw him into the into the fire. Origi is a cult hero, and I love the guy, and he's one of the best players Liverpool's ever had in my mind. But he's not of the talent level that we need if somebody gets injured. And I think all the hype about Bruno Fernandez is interesting because he's not a forward line player, but everybody would have been happy if we got him. And I started to think about that. And that means if we needed to rest somebody, we were changing. We had to go 4-2-3-1. And I think that's still the plan. We'll probably go 4-2-3-1 if we have to rest one of the front three or somebody's injured um, against a good team. I think against sort of a dross team, you could play a Rigi on the wing or, or you could try out Brewster or as we saw in preseason, Ox was up there a bit. I don't like that, but you know, it's possible. And if we're playing, you know, sort of the bottom half of the table, it's probably enough to win the game if we have a good midfield and then two of Mo, Bobby, or, you know, Mane are playing. That's enough. Um, the interesting thing for me was that we, we didn't really have strong, strong links with anybody in the front. Pepe was sort of tentative links. Um, so it didn't look like we were trying to bring in a fourth choice attacker, which it was interesting. So I don't think I'm annoyed at that, but I don't think that was the game plan. I think the game plan was to bring in somebody that gives us the flexibility to switch to a four, two, three, one and still be just as strong. Um, and I thought maybe Fernandez gives us that we might have that in the team, but as the guys have said, it's, 
we're one or two. Well, we're one major injury away from Allison Van Dyke or Mo. Sort of maybe Fabinho as well to sort of rock our whole season, and then we're battling for top four. I think Cy Brundish put on Twitter when he kind of ran through the numbers and just sort of on his estimation that we could probably handle 10 games without one of the front three switching up players and, and things like that. We may be able to handle a few games without Van Dyke, but we can't handle half a season without these guys. Um, and that's the risk. And it's even more risky because we're going into this, this season with the least rest we've ever had and the least projected and the least projective rest that we've had in a long time. If you guys, their subscribers and if you listen to fatigue fatigue index with Cy, he got, he went through it all with gags and Manchester city is much more well rested. And I think they're going to have more rest days than us this year. Um, but I don't know about the second part, so don't quote me, but either way, they're much more well rested. They have a deeper squad. So pretty much every season, no matter what we did this summer, even if we got two or three players, Manchester city, were going to be better than us on paper. Um, so you need a lot to go your way to win the league. We need to be the best we could possibly be, and they need to mess up, or the other teams need to take points off them, where we don't lose points. That's always the case with a team like Manchester City. When you don't strengthen, it gets even harder, because now you know that that sort of bit of luck gets a bit bigger, and it's not so much a bit of luck; it's a lot of luck. Now we need to have all of our players available for 80, 90 percent of the season, our best players, and. Um, it's a tough ask and it's a big risk. And I think the way we sort of set up our transfers, this was, could be, should have been expe- expected. Um, we're not going to go out and go like, I'll, I'll give you 80 million euros sporting to give me Bruno because I need a man. That's not what we do. Um, but it is extremely disappointing that we didn't get anybody in of quality um, or sort of first team quali- quality to, to back up the guys we have. We have a great team. Let's not forget that. We just won their sixth European championship. Um, and we're going to probably finish second Spurs are very good. I think they'll push us and with the acquisitions they got, they're going to be even better. Um, and they won't be as tired, but they still have issues. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough ask. Um, but I think this is to be expected. So once the transfer window kind of shut, I kind of just accepted it (laughs) and I was sort of moving on and I'm curious of what happens January 1st, but until then we need to deal with low rest and, and prayers because none of those guys can get injured. All right. So you, you guys have all outlined things that I broadly agree with. Um, I'm probably closer to the fact that I think that not adding, I don't think is disastrous by any stretch. Like, and by disastrous, let me define this to you by not adding. Do I not think that we drop out of the top three, right? I, I don't see, I, I see a huge gap between us, you know, between us and then United Chelsea and Arsenal even if we sustain one major injury. But I do think that in order for this to work, there's a few things that are going to have to be figured out. And I'm going to, I'm going to take your guys' opinions on these in a second. First off, if we're going to rotate, if, if we're not going to rotate our, our forwards because Klopp doesn't do that as much, like I guess the question is going to be, is he going to find different ways of playing? Are we going to find a different way to maybe manage minutes by only playing two of the front three and maybe only playing two recognized forwards and, uh, you know, four midfielders at times? Are we going to see different kinds of things where you see maybe, you know, I think Alex Oxley chamberlain thrown in kind of as well with the, in the forward line, kind of as a, 
as a left winger doing the role that, you know, Coutinho did before he left in that front forward. He would pick up the ball on the left and just cut in. Now, obviously, it's different from Ox because Ox is going to be extraordinarily direct, whereas Coutinho is a bit more silky and is looking to uh, to move the ball. But are there other configurations you guys could see where maybe using some of the midfield, and I'm not saying Naby Keita because Naby Keita is not an attacking midfielder. I'm really talking about Ox, and I'm really talking about maybe using Shakiri to supplement in the wide positions more, but never playing Shakiri. Um, as a fourth attacker, but playing him with either, you know, Mo or Mane and up, up through the middle or, you know, Bobby up through the middle and himself and with either, you know, probably with Mane because you really can't play Salah and Shakiri. Uh, you know, they, they would occupy the same tactical role if you were playing in a three with Firmino on the field. Can you guys see different configurations of that particular attack that maybe Klopp might lean on to say, you know what, tactically I plan for this and this is how I'm going to use some of my midfield depth to supplement this attack. So I guess, uh, Armando, I'm going to go to you with that one first. I mean, we saw a little bit out of New York, right, when we were at the Yankee Stadium uh, against Sporting. We saw Ginny play wide. We saw Ox play wide. And I think that's what we're going to see a supplement. I think we're going to see Ginny give us some minutes out wide and it's not what anybody wants to see, but he was making some pretty proactive runs and he was filling the lanes and doing the things he had to do, I would say probably better than Ox, but Ox has a lot of rust to shake off. That's, that's obvious. Uh, my concern with Ox is that his explosiveness, his explosiveness doesn't look like it's there. And I know that it takes time coming back from the injury that he sustained. And I know that it could be until January, February. So if, if at all that we see Ox's explosiveness back, we see him trust his knee, we see him feel comfortable and we see him just give it a go. Um, Shaq is an interesting, uh, situation because Shaq we saw he can contribute uh, but at the same time Shaq is an inconsistent player so if we're going to bring him in cold I think Shaq needs to get quite a bit of a run uh, either as a sub and stuff like that if we're going to get him into the games I don't think Shaq sitting four fucking games and coming in for one is beneficial for him or for us he's definitely a player that needs some consistent minutes uh, Div out wide doesn't bother me either. We see he could run and he do, and he does the things he needs to do. Is his, is is his skill, you know, what we see and is his pace what we see with our wide men now? I mean, it's arguable. But I, I, as far as his quality, it's it's not arguable. Um, we're definitely going to need to have the the midfield supplement. So it's going to have to be Ox and it's going to have to be uh, Ginny for me. And um, and I'm not thrilled. I'm I'm fucking not thrilled by that prospect. Uh, I like them in a in, in midfield three. I like them, you know, where we're used to seeing them and them producing and where they're comfortable. I mean, they all do a job. They're, they're professionals and, 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 and they work for each other and you see the camaraderie. So I'm not worried about it, but I'm worried about the output. The output is going to fucking be pretty bad, dude, if we are consistently running Ginny out there wide or, or, or Ox out wide. It's it's just not what we're used to. It's not the style we play. We're going to have to change it up and I'm not thrilled, man. I, I'm I'm not comfortable about it. All right. So Kev, I'm going to put, I'm going to go to you and then Joe just fill in right after him. Same question. What, what can you see? Like what kind of wrinkle could you see where if you're going to take a blue sky view of what it, how, how this squad works to find ways to supplement the attack. That's not the front. That's not, you know, Mane, Sala and Firmino. Uh, What is it? How does it work? So, a little bit of what I alluded to earlier, and I think it's just going to be horses for courses and, and Klopp and, and Linders and, and 
the, the team are going to have to figure it out game by game because I, I can I believe I can see you know early on sort of against the lower teams it's fine to just play divvy so it'll be regular four three three um, with Mo and Bobby probably playing sixty seventy eighty minutes in the beginning of the season because uh, you know Mane's just back so then you just throw a Regan there and then you flip around the midfield however you want. So it could be Fab, Genie, Hendo to begin with, you know, Fab, Genie, Keita, Fab, Keita, Hendo, however you want to do it. Um, and then Ox sort of as an impact sub, maybe. Um, I also see, you know, if if the front three needs rest or if they're not fully ready yet, I can see us, depending on the opposition, going 4-2-3-1, which, you know, was Klopp's sort of, tr- tr- uh, you know, tried and, and tested in true formation for a long time before he got to Liverpool. Um, where it's it'll probably be Fab Genie in the two or Fab Hendo in the two, and then or even Fab Keita I guess, um, and then he plays three across, and that's where you can play Shaq on the right um, or Ox on the right, and then you play, you know, Bobby and Mane and uh, or Bobby and Origi, and then have Mo up front or play Bobby up front, and you play, you know, you can play Ox, Shaq, and Keita, or you know, there's there's things you can play around with depending on but it depends on the opposition because Shakiri, who I like and let's not forget he got the assist for Genie's goal against Barcelona and had a couple of great deflections against Manchester United um he doesn't really play defense like he's not a good presser um or anything like that so it puts a lot of pressure on the the double pivot behind him and also Trent um and Trent needs to be an attacking weapon because he's our currently is our most creative player um, you know, Keita can hopefully help out with that a little bit. Um, Ox can probably help out just by his driving runs. But as far as creativity off the bat, it, it's Trent. Um, so playing Shaq on the right is difficult because he's not great at defense. Now, he may have just been working his ass off, you know, when he wasn't injured and, and sort of is figuring out Klopp's system more and more. And he, and he could be used more regularly if, if that's the case. Because he is obviously a talented guy, and I like Shaq. Um so there's a couple of things Cop can do. I think that's what it's going to look like. And it may be the case. And I think we talked about this with Gags um, on the pro side, or maybe we were just talking about it at the game where it could be where Klopp goes. All right. You know, to, to Ox, I'm going to need you. I know you're a midfielder. I know you can't play midfield, but I'm going to need you to play in the front for these games until Mane is up to speed or until Mo and Bobby are, you know, the, have the ability to play 80, 90 minutes. And, and of course he'll do that. Um, and Origi, you can play on the left if you know it's not Mane. You play Ox on the right. I don't like Genie in the front. I know he's done it before for the Netherlands and other teams and Newcastle on that. Uh, I echo, <laughs> I echo Mando's take there. I don't like Genie in the front. He's much better midfielder than he is the front for us. Um, but again, he'll do a job. And I think it's just horses for courses. We have enough players, even on sort of our second string, I guess if you want to use an Americanism, um, that could beat more than half of this league no matter what formation we throw. Um, the problem is, is, you know, as we said earlier, was injuries and, and rest days for the elite end of our team when we come up against Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal, United, Spurs, you know, or even, you know, Leicester, Wolves, I guess the Ev. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot that Klopp can do, but it's still a concern. So I, I do believe that's how it's going to look, and it's a good question because it's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to use the midfield to supplement whether it works, we'll see. But I think there's enough talent there to to, to make it work. And, and Joey, the, the same question goes over to you. Um, listen, I, I 
I don't want to add too much to that. These guys are right on point. Um, I do not like playing players out of position. I don't want to see midfielders stepping up in the front three. I'm not a fan of that. I know Armando said we did did see that versus Sporting. Uh, That's a friendly. That team sucks, and we still didn't look good. And I get it's preseason. I understand that. But, again, I go back to what was the plan? Just because we didn't meet valuations of our players, everything wasn't perfect, we couldn't get anybody? How was that a winning plan? Like, I understand that that's the way you want to conduct business, but that's not how you win games. Like, I don't, I don't want to see – you can switch formations, but, it, again, we don't know where we're getting from Ox. We don't know what we're getting from Keita. All this Keita love, like, yeah, he was, he was great when he was at Leipzig, but he, he didn't do shit last year. And I know a lot of that's from injury and I understand that. And that you can use that as an excuse. And if I see one more douchebag on Twitter, be like, this is Kate the season. You don't know what the fucking Kate the season. Shut the fuck up. Guy hasn't done anything in this league. I like the guy too. He's done fucking nothing. You're depending on guys who haven't done it yet. You still have your front three. Yeah, they're great, but you can't, you can't, you can't beat people into the ground. You can't do it. And, and I know we have a lot of quality on our team. That's fine. That's cool. But playing guys out of position, I, I'm just, I'm not good with. And like Kev said, you're, Trent's our most creative players. Well, both of our fullbacks are. Like, isn't that, isn't that a problem? Is that going to get figured out? Are other teams going to focus on that and just start gearing towards that because they know we have nothing in the middle that can be that creative? Or is the answer to that, well, it's Navi Keita and it's Ox? Well, Ox had a devastating injury. And again, to repeat myself, we don't know where we're going to get in Keita. He can just get injured again. He can have five games and look like the best player in the world and then get injured. And I heard Brunder said, yeah, he doesn't have a track record. That's fine. He's also never really played in this league either. Sports science is great, but it's also not 100% accurate. You use that to gather information to come up with the educated guesses or educated opinions. But that's not dead certain. So I, I, I just have a big problem with what they did. I, I don't like playing guys out of position. I'm just pissed off. I'm sorry. No need to apologize. Anger makes a very entertaining podcast. Uh, I guess kind of goes kind of goes into the next point though, which is you know if, if we are going to you know win the league this year, right? Because still obviously what we'd all like to do. And I don't think any of us are saying that it's not possible, right? We know how good some of the players we have are, and we know that they can, you know, if everything breaks right, it will, it, it could happen, right? Or I should say, if everything breaks 100 percent correctly for you know, you know, not not you know 100 percent, but like close to perfectly for us, we, it will we happen. We lost one game last year, bro, and it right. didn't fucking happen. Yeah. Right. No, I, other, under, I understand. How much better are we going to do, Justin, for real? That's Tired. And, 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 yeah. Don't tell me. And, and, and Kev says we like we weren't going to spend 80 on Pepe. Yeah, that's fine. I get that. Fucking Moise Keen went for 30, bro. Why can't right, I let, take let, that? Okay. Let me, let me, I right, take fucking a wall. Right, let's see. Here's the other thing, too, though. Like, everybody said last year, everybody said, Oh, no way, man. City's going to repeat that. Well, guess fucking what? They did just exactly that. They repeated that season. That's this exactly is, what they did. You guys are bringing me up to a question that, you know what? I, I'm going to scrap the rest of the agenda for this, and I'm actually going to ask this question because I think it's more fascinating than 
then asking you guys what you expect out of Adam Lalonde and Abby Keita, Alex Oxley, Chamberlain, and Joe Gomez for the rest of the season, right? I've been thinking about this all day. I look, oh, I don't follow supporters of many other teams specifically, right? Like outside, probably like two Spurs fans who I know who I like. I and I don't follow both of them: Steve McGookin and uh, Kevin DeVries. If you're looking for logical, sensical Spurs fans to follow, they're both very good. Um, but I don't really, I don't follow a lot of supporters of other teams. My question is, did, do you guys think that maybe we overstep and overanalyze exactly what we expect to see from Liverpool because of the fact that we know our own team and its flaws, like most, most glaringly and well, because we live with them most, because if you look at the rest of the league, like there's no such thing as a perfect team. Now city's damn close to it. Right. And I say this which is that City lost Vincent Company, a defender who didn't play a ton for them last season, but was their captain and a leader. If you look at their back line outside Laporte, right, it can be taken. It can be beaten. John Stones and Nicholas Otamendi are trash. Do you guys think that just because of the fact that we are so used to Liverpool that we sometimes ignore the flaws in other teams? Because there's nothing that says that if, you know, Laporte gets injured for, for City – they're rolling out Otamendi and Stones as their, as their starting pairing every single week. That can't be good for them in the long run, right? I, I look at Spurs. They got a lot stronger in this window, but the reality is that midfield, even adding Lo Celso and Ndombele, which, by the way, are both very, very good moves for that midfield, it's still, there's still like, once again, there's a lot of minutes that midfielders have, midfielders have to rotate. You're still going to see plenty of Harry Winks and uh and Sissoko so and and you can keep going down the line now Manchester United I could get into doing this with but it would just be fucking funny because they're terrible but um do you guys think that maybe we really see the warts in our team just because of how obvious and close in attention we pay to it while sometimes maybe ignoring some of the more difficult some of the parts of other teams where they could have something go wrong listen I I I don't think you're wrong in what you're saying um, of course we do. We, we're going we're gonna to nitpick every fucking thing on our team. But here's the thing. You talked about Man City and Stones and Altamendi. Well, they, did they not win the last two fucking titles with those guys? Or, or did, I, did I miss something? I, I know Vince, Vince and company was there, but he wasn't a guaranteed starter. What did he start no, no, 17 I, games last year? I, I mean, that's like... No, and, you're, and you're right. And, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not denying that that's the case, obviously, for City, because I will say that their squad is fucking good. But already look at what they've had go on right now already. Like their attacking depth, which is the key area that they have an advantage over us. Yeah, they lost Sané. They lost Sané. Yeah, that's a big loss. And now listen, I, that's a, I'm not going to poo-poo that, but they were there was a damn good chance they were going to sell him anyway. Right? That's, that's what we kept hearing, that he was going to Bayern Munich and they were stupid enough to play him in that game and he tore his ACL. That sucks. I like Leroy Sané. I got no, nothing wrong. I'd love him on the fucking, on the Reds. But again, what it what it comes down to is that just we're going to be good. Nobody's, nobody's not, nobody's saying we're not going to be good unless you're some, what we already said, catastrophic injury or something that happens to the guys. And then, you know, we're left with the, the, the quality is way off what it should be. Then we're in trouble. And, and you're right about Spurs. Like, I don't know how those players are going to play in this league. There are two names that I, I, I can't tell you. I know their names, but I'm, I've never fucking seen them play. I don't watch the fucking French league. I don't watch, I barely watch La Liga, and that, that's if I'm watching La Liga, it's only two teams, Real and Barca. 
I don't even fucking watch Atleti. It, they don't matter to me. I don't have the time to do that. I got two kids. They're also kind of boring to watch because they're, they're very, yes, they are. No, they are. You're right about that. They're very fucking boring. And they're, they're very good too. And they have a great manager, but I, you know, I don't have time for that shit. I got time for my team. Yeah, we do have warts, but yes, we are an awesome team. There's no doubt about that. But when you're going, when your opposition is that Man City team, that's what you have to go up against. It's just the way it is. Everybody thinks they're cooking books. Everybody thinks they're cheating. I do too. But until somebody fucking does something about it, this is what we have to deal with. We don't. Yeah, I think. Sorry, Joe. I, I no, think that's the key. I think it's, uh, it's because it's Manchester City and what they're capable of. I think that team on an average season is 93 points. You know what I mean? It's like at a great season, they're 100. And, a, you know, and at a really, really great season, you know, really, really good season, they're nine, 98. You know, and and that's what it is. We do have, obviously, we look at our own warts. and we, We're looking in the mirror way more often. We're closer. We know how our players play. We know how our players run. We know how our players act off the you know, off the pitch. You know, we don't know that about other other teams. But if, if point City, of order, point of order, yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson knows exactly how he Jordan did know exactly how Anderson runs. <laughs> yeah, but um, all right, I, I'll take it. Um, motion carries, but um, the uh, I lost my train of thought now. Oh, but if the, if City was closer to the pack, right? So we were close last year. We were one point away from them. I don't think we're one point away from them as a team, even last year. I think we had a stellar fucking season, right? I think we're probably more like, I don't know, seven, eight points worse off than they are, maybe more, who knows. Um, if they were closer to the pack, if they were actually only one point you know, a one point team, one point better than us team, if that makes any sense to you guys, I don't think we'd be so nitpicky about our own squad because we don't do it with Chelsea. We don't do it with United. We don't really do it with Arsenal because we go like, okay, Arsenal's attack is fucking fire and it will be, and they're going to score a shitload of goals, but we can run over their defense in their midfield pretty much, you know, um, you know, with Spurs, we know we can match them, you know, man for man. They are going to get better. They have an amazing coach. They have great players. They play a great system. Um, but we can match them, right? They're our sort of our probably our closest team, I would say. Chelsea's an unknown quantity. They got a new manager who's only been managing a year and a little. Um, they got a bunch of kids who are very talented, but we don't know how they're gonna play. United are I don't know what United are. They got some great pieces, they got some shit pieces, and I don't know how they're gonna play. It's very strange. Um, am I forgetting anybody? But if but with City they're just so good and they have been for so long that for us to match that level, we have to nitpick everything and we have to go like, we're not good enough here. We're not good enough here. You know, if we list our players on paper, they kick the shit out of us. Now, if we have our full starting 11s, we could beat them. We have beat them and we probably will again, will again. But if they get a catastrophic injury to somebody in their front line, as they just have, they're going to be fine. If we lose Mo, if we lose Mana, if we lose Bobby, for longer than 10 games, it's, it's way worse. It's huge amounts of points different. Um, yeah. So I just think that's why we nitpick so much is this because they are so fucking good. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense, but also we nitpick. You want to know why? Cause we've been starved for fucking victories. We've been starved to be on top, 
to be on our fucking perch. We've been starved, fucking dragging our asses with Jay Spearing through the fucking Europa League. We've been starved, bro. And now I got a taste of fucking blood, and you want me to back the fuck up and say, you know what, be good for another, what, decade? Go fuck yourself. I am not good for another decade. We are so close. Kev just said we had a stellar fucking season, almost perfect for us, one loss, and we came up fucking short. And you're trying to tell, and people are trying to tell me that that that, that we could repeat damn near perfection. Go on, we could, we have to be the invincibles. And even then, that's not a fucking lock. And that shit is the most frustrating. So like, yeah, I'm I'm peeved, bro. Like like I've been starved for this. We've been waiting for this. We fucking lifted big ears. There was tears on my face because I'm fucking frustrated with fucking seeing us be mediocre. And yeah, Klopp's been great, man, and he continues to be. I love the man, and he's doing everything the right fucking way. I'm not trying to knock it. But when you are on this, in this position, and you are a big fucking massive institution of sport, there's no reason why you can't get better. There's no reason why you're not starving to be better. There's no reason why we should settle and say, yeah, what we have is better than what's out there. And that might be true, man. But injuries happen, things happen, and there's people out there that wouldn't have cost a fortune, that would have been a reasonable price, that would have killed to come to Liverpool. And yeah, you know what? They wouldn't have played that fucking much, hopefully. But so what? There's teams that do that shit. City signs players that don't fucking play. Chelsea signs players that don't fucking play. And they're quality fucking play. Why can't we do that? Why? Why do we have to? I'm not trying to fucking disparage Shaq, but we're getting Shaq because he's fucking free almost. We're getting Joel Matip because he's fucking free. We're getting James Milner because it's fucking free. Yeah, we went and got BBD. Yeah, we waited that out. That worked fucking beautifully. Yeah, we got Allison Becker. That was a fucking crapshoot too because he only had one fucking year in Europe. And we shellacked his ass. So that was a risk. And it paid off wonderfully. But how many more fucking risks do you have to take instead of fucking just fucking fork out the money. You could have gotten three or four players for 80 mil. That could have been first team players proven in the Premier League as bench players. We didn't do that shit, man. We, stand, we stood on our laurels and we said we were the fucking champs of Europe. We're the fucking champs of Europe. And we are. And that's beautiful. But we could be the champ of fucking multiple trophies on a regular fucking basis. And we're choosing to fucking just be like, now nah, we're good. I trust my boys. And I trust them too. But that's not enough. That's not enough. And it's fucking infuriating, man. Like, I've been starved. You've been starved. We've all wanted to be fucking where we are right now. And we didn't expect a fizzle now. We wanted to be where we are. And we want to keep growing. And we're not doing that shit. We're not doing that shit. And you guys can tell me, yeah, shit, if it goes perfect, we'll be fucking where we were. The odds of that two years in a row are fucking astronomical, bro. Slim to none. I don't. I don't like my chances there. And I'm not a gambling man, but that's bullshit to me, man. Sounds terrible. All right. Yeah, so- no, I'm, I'm, I'm on that. And I got to go. I apologize, boys, but you know why. But listen, if, if you're not going to break your business model, if that's what you're going to keep doing and over and over and over and over and over, and City's still in the league, you ain't winning shit. That, that's, just, that's the bottom line. That's what's going to happen. We got, we, we got a great Champions League season. It was a great run. We got a lot of luck. That shit don't happen every year. So I'm going to end on that note, and I'll talk to you all. All right. Later, Joey. And, uh, Love you, buddy. Be cool, we, bud. And we, and, we, and we carry on as a, as a, as a trio for the, for the piece that I actually just want to end us with. 
which is going to be um, two questions, right? The first of which, and, and I'm just going to go to you to answer both at once. The first of which is going to be your prediction for what happens tomorrow at Anfield against Norwich. And the second one is, um, are we going to go win the UEFA Super Cup on Wednesday? So, Armando, you're not muted, three, so you get the answer first. Three to one <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to say Bobby gets one. Uh, I hope Nabby plays and he gets one. And uh, I'll fuck around and say Joe Montez scores. Uh, but and as far as your second question, um, I'm not sure, man. Uh, I just think, look, man, I think we're going to do well against Norwich, and I think that's great. But I still have a bad taste in my mouth over everything. It is this this summer sucked. <laughs> Kev, go to you. You take over, Kev. <laughs> Um, this summer, Armando also got to meet Kev. So that's that's oh, that didn't suck. That was excellent. I take it back. This summer was the best experience. <laughs> Liverpool <laughs> summer coming. Yeah. Um, I think we. I think we're gonna start a bit shaky because it's the first game of the season. Um, but I think we're gonna end up winning pretty comfortably tomorrow. Um, Norwich has played some good stuff, but I think it's because we're catching them first. It's going to be a rude awakening to them that they have to be a bit more defensive than they're used to. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll be too difficult tomorrow. Uh, Super Cup, I don't think Klopp gives a fuck. I think it's going to be a lot of second stringers. Um, if Mane gets some minutes, I'd be very angry, but I think that might happen towards the end of the match just to kind of bring him back, but who knows? Um, so I think we'll probably lose the Super Cup. Um, I think Chelsea's players are probably more well-rested than us. Um, but I don't give a fuck about the Super Cup. Um, just to, to circle back while I have the, while I have the conch here, um, to circle back to what Joey was saying, I don't think... So the way these guys, these guys have not shown me anything different since they've owned us as to how they long-term plan for things. Um, they long-term plan for Klopp. They make mistakes along the way, but they adjust to those mistakes and get better. Um, and I don't think this summer missing out on targets because of their valuations, which is my guess, but I think that's what happened, is a mistake. Um, it may feel like that because we're coming off the back of winning the Champions League and we should be pushing for titles. And I think we'll be in the running anyway, barring any sort of unfortunate long-term injuries. Um, but they're long game players. Right. There are seasons where the Red Sox come last. Right. And they plan for shit when that happens. And then they come back and they're much, much stronger. So I wouldn't be surprised that the long, the plan wasn't, okay, we're going to push for the Champions League. And if we win that, you know, now we have to push for the Premier League. I'm, I'm sure the plan is we need to win the Premier League within the next three years. Right. Um, and if that happens, that's enough for me from them. Um, I'd like to see it this year. Obviously, I'd like to keep winning and keep adding to the team and and getting better and better and better as we go. Um, but to beat City is a big ask. But if we miss out this summer on the players that we want, and next on, January and next summer we get the players we want, in addition to our long term targets and some of the names that come out. I mean, Mbappe, <laughs> I don't think he's coming to Liverpool. He's probably the second best player on the planet right now. Um, if he came, that would be amazing. I don't think that's true, but I, I, I know that, or I don't know, but I, I have the feeling that Sancho is a prospect for us and that's a long-term project. I know I'm, I believe we've scouted 
Kai Havertz, and that might be a long-term project for us. And if we have to wait on those guys for a year to come in and push us to the league title, then then that's that's the ultimate plan. Um, so I'd be okay with that. But it's obviously speculation, and it's up to be seen. But uh, as Joey said, the summer is fucking disappointing. But we're not any worse, but we're just not any better. All right. And uh, I get the last word now. I think we're going to take the shit out of Norwich tomorrow. I think it's going to be a 5-0 win. And I think Mo Salah, I think Mo Salah is going to score all five goals. Because he's going to take That'd 600. That would be fucking awesome. Because he's going to take 50 shots if Sunday was any uh, indication of exactly <laughs> where his head is at. And uh, I also don't give a shit about whether we win the Super Cup. <laughs> That's it. I, I, the one thing that I will end us with, and nobody gets a last word against this, we are not in actually seven competitions because in order for you to be in seven competitions, people have to care about at least every single one of them. The, the Community Shield was a trophy given after a friendly. The UEFA Super Cup, if we win it, great, fine. It's a trophy. Uh, not one that I particularly value. Uh, the Club World Cup, I'm a little bit more pumped about that, but not too much more. I to want me, that patch on our jerseys. It's only <laughs> about one thing for me. Win the Premier League. And that's the hardest thing to win, though, bro. Yeah. Win the Premier League, though. So, uh, good morning to the new world. We leave you with that. Podcast Network.